This is Cricket Only Better, episode 213. I'm Ed Hawkins, and welcome along to part one of the ultimate betting guide to the World Cup. This week, it's the underdogs. And here's a scrappy little terrier, Sam Collins. I'll scrap you, Hawkins. Not sure I like that description. Um, But here I am, ready as ever to guide you through the five of the ten contenders for glory, uh, helping will be the man we describe as top dog here, Paul Krishnamurti of Betting Door Betfair. Hi, Sam. Hello, Paul. Um, And joined as ever by the man we call Big Dog, Richard Mann of SportingLife.com, fresh from a tasty 3-1 to winner last week on Shubman Gill. Hello, Richard Mann. Hello, Sam. It was not 90-1, to but it was nice to turn a good profit anyway. Lovely, lovely stuff. and I'm going to ask my uh, our, our, faith, our faithful cockapoo, uh, Hawkins, what's on the show? It could have gone worse. You could have called me your bitch. Team-by-team uh, team analysis for the underdogs in the World Cup outright market for Netherlands, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, New Zealand. We go inside the matrix to reveal possible 11s. You win percentages last two years, batting first, batting second. The likelihood these teams are going to fall prey to an upset or cause one themselves. And we've got the top bat and bowler best bets for each team. And odds to make the final finish bottom, top four finish with Betfair Sportsbook. Lovely stuff. We'll use that data to identify the World Cup giant killings. But crucially, by the end of the show, we want to have built a picture for the best team to trade on that outright market with Betfair Exchange. Speaking of outright markets with two weeks to go. Currently, it looks like this. India are the favourites, 3.25. They've shortened slightly. England, 4.8. Australia, 6. Pakistan, 7.8. South Africa, 10.5. New Zealand, 13.5. Sri Lanka, 46. Bangladesh, 140. Afghanistan, 180. Netherlands are 510 to 1. Hawkins, a quick reminder how it works, please, in terms of the tournament and the data. Yeah, the tournament, let's do that first. So it's pretty simple stuff. It's 10 teams and the top four go through to the semifinals. The tournament is designed to make sure we get as much game time for your big teams as possible. It's weighted against your, uh, I don't want to say minnows because people get offended by that, but your smaller nations are meant to struggle and they're not um, meant to be taking up TV time off the likes of India, Australia and England. Now, we reckon minimum, absolute bare minimum, five wins required if you're going to make the top four. But that would mean there's some weather around and we have some no results. So we could well be looking at six games to win to get into that top four, which is a massive ask for the likes of Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka. Or maybe not. We'll find out. The data we present to you on cricket only better 213 in terms of win percentage that's last two years against the opposition that they will face in this world cup so we filtered that out all other data is two years against all teams and there's a minimum 10 game qualifier to be stated as a best bet for top bat or top bowler Thank you, Hawkins. Uh, Bangladesh beating South Africa, Pakistan and Sri Lanka beating England. Sorry, hold on, I'm confused here. Bangladesh beating South Africa, Pakistan and Sri Lanka beating England, Bangladesh beating West Indies. Those were the shocks in 2019. Richard Mann, the question is, will there be shocks again? And uh, where can we find them? 
Yeah, I think the way Ed, Ed tossed us this homework assignment, didn't he, earlier? And I initially thought there's such a gulf between top and bottom that probably not. But then, as, as we've just heard, you go back to 2019, there were shocks. And I think the recent T20 World Cup in Australia, less than a year ago, we had some massive shocks throughout that. Netherlands beating South Africa, probably the biggest of them all. Um, so it can happen. Netherlands are in here again. And I wondered if they might be able to, to slay a few dragons along the way. Lovely stuff. Keeping powder dry because I'll be asking both of you for your top shock chance at the end of the show. Please, fellas. Plus, we will reveal the best trade on the outright of the big numbers. Whereas the latter too optimistic, Paul Krishnamurti. Well, I assume that we're talking here about the bottom four and not the five teams we we're discussing because you couldn't really call New Zealand massive outsiders. Um, but regarding those four... It depends how optimistic the trade is. I don't think any of us are going to be tipping any of these outsiders to win the tournament. It would be an enormous, enormous shock. But if you're just looking for the odds to shorten up, you're looking for, say, one of those outsiders for their teams to, for the odds to halve or even to fall to a quarter of the starting odds, that's perfectly realistic. Only takes an early shock, good start, favourites losing, losing their first game, maybe a couple of washouts that make the group stages a bit more competitive than we might assume. And I think you could you could very well see one of them shorten up considerably because they are starting at really huge odds, I suppose. Okay. Um, thank you, Paul. Without further ado, in reverse order, team-by-team team analysis of the World Cup underdogs. Netherlands are first. Five to 510 on Betfair Exchange to win it. 66 to 1 with Sportsbook to make the top four is about as as bleak as it could possibly get. Hawkins with a lowdown. Uh, yeah, 2019, they didn't qualify for the World Cup. Your win percentage against these teams they face over the last two years was zero. Um, so that's not a great start for Netherlands. Uh, their batting strike rate ranking is ninth. Their bowling economy rank is ninth. So it could be worse. Possible 11 for you. O'Dowd, Singh, Barese. They lead the all-rounder who's absolutely crucial to them. Nidamanaru. Ackerman, Edward, Zolfikar, Van Beek, Van der Merwe and Klein. Baz Delead, as I mentioned, outstanding all-rounder. Uh, Van der Merwe and Colin Ackerman, the latter just won the one-day cup with Leicestershire, of course, back into this squad. And Dutt and Sharice Ahmed give them the surfeit of spin options. Lack of matches against top te- teams in this tournament means they're um, woefully underprepared and it's something they've mentioned before. They just don't get games against the best. Richard Mann, what do we do with this lot? Well, I mean, they look woefully outclassed, don't they? But, I mean, I think you think about, we're going to get onto them in a bit, but, you know, Bangladesh and Afghanistan, I, I, they're no great shakes either. And, and I think potential for banana skins are possibly those two games. Look, there's some real hardened county pros in here who've been playing a lot of county cricket. The Leeds had a brilliant time of it for Durham. I think he averaged 90 odd in the county championship. Durham have gone up and done fantastically well. Um, Edwards, a really good player with spin as well, the skipper. So they could be competitive against the poorer sides, but obviously when we come up against the big guns, they're going to be woefully outmatched. Paul Christomurti, is the golf too big for you? Some decent pros in there, but might be damning it with faint praise maybe. Look, I mean, it's the golf is way too big to think seriously about qualifying. Um, they probably will finish bottom, but they might not. Um, 
I, I do think they are capable of winning a match or two. We've seen this before. They've caused upsets in other one-day formats. We beat South Africa in the T20 World Cup, as Rich said. Massive upset. That was only last year. Um, the toss can be really, really important in 50-over cricket. Um, something could go their way. And, and, you know, they are an experienced side. They've been together for a long time. They've played a lot of qualifiers. So... I'm not going to say they're going to lose every game. I think somewhere they might win one. And to be honest with you, they're going to be such big prices all the time. You know, why not have a punt? Okay, maybe it's uh, on a game-by-game basis most sensible to get involved with the Netherlands. To that end, who are the most reliable batsmen and bowlers to follow, batters and bowlers to follow, rather? Yes, thank you. Um, some really good numbers here to get involved, and we hope that Betfair Sportsbook don't do their match by match homework. So Van Beek has a thirty percent return as top Netherlands bowler uh, on top Netherlands wicket taker in individual innings, and then Scott Edwards, who's really an Australian, is returning thirty two percent of the time, which is absolutely superb record on top bat. Let's hope they've forgotten all about him because I do remember getting some very big prices about him before he shortened shortened up. But really, fingers crossed that we might get sort of nine to two maybe uh, for Edwards to top back. Richard Mann, Paul Krishnamurti, any other business? Can be a player, can be a trade, can be innings runs. What have you got for us? I think Baz Dalid, I mean, Ed's mentioned him. I think player performance markets for that one because he's going to bat in the top four. He's going to shoulder a lot of responsibility. I mean, his last five ODI innings, he's just made runs every time. I think he's taken 12 wickets in his uh, last five ODIs as well. So he's going to do a lot of bowling. And even if he goes for a few in his first couple of spells, you know he'll be back at the death because they need him. So I think player performance for Dalid is the one. Uh, and I agree with Ed about Ed, Edwards, particularly if you get somewhere where it's spinning conditions against team packed with spinners. He's a really good player with spin reverse uh, and sweeps really well. Um, so yeah, I'm with Ed on that one. Thank you very much, uh, Richard. Paul Krishnamurti? Well, I mean, that's a really interesting point from Rich about um, Scott Edwards playing spin. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. I actually think you'll get bigger than Knights who. I think that the, these markets will be really wide open for top batsmen. So there uh, could be a bit of value there. And I'll just say, I mean, the rest of them, most of them are going to really struggle against spin. So I think that possibly the best plan here is to go unders on their innings runs when the spinners are about to come on, especially the likes of India, Jadega. I could see Mahesh Sikshana causing them great problems when they play Sri Lanka. Um, regarding batsmen, it's quite hard because so much of their form is against minor opposition and wonder which one to cope. The one that I would be interested in keeping on, and again, it could be a big price, is Teja Manuru. Um, he's got a couple of tons in the last year and noticeably... One of them came against West Indies, who were by far their strongest opposition. Thank you very much, Paul. We are underway. Just a reminder that on betting.betfair, Edward Hawkins will preview every single game in this World Cup with this kind of deep dive data. So he may be a cockapoo, but you can't go too far wrong with him. <laughs> Afghanistan are up next, 180 on Betfair Exchange, 13 to 1 to reach the semi-final with Betfair Sportsbook, 40s to reach the final and 11 to 1 to finish bottom. Hawkins, do your worst. Yeah, finish bottom in 2019, zero wins. Hugely disappointing in that tournament, um, although they did give a, land a few blows. Uh, win percentage, they equal eighth worst, so that's not amazing. Um, 
That's a win percentage of 42. They're slightly better batting first. They've got a 50% win rate when they're batting first, and that dips to 33 batting second. Batting strike rate there, well, this is their issue there. Uh, strike rate is a problem. They're 10th ranked on that, but their bowling economy is absolutely superb. They're number one ranked at the moment, um, Afghanistan. So that keeps them keen. Possible 11 for you, Gerbaz, Ibrahim, Rahat, Hashmatullah, the captain, Najibullah, Nabi, Omarzai, Rashid Khan, Mujib, Faruqi, and Naveen. They have lost their last six. Um, they have issues with batting power, as I discussed. Uh, they're desperate to get on turners. So, shock chance. Are we immediately interested in their first game at Durham Salah, where the second lowest batting average of the venues for, these, for this World Cup occurs? versus Bangladesh and two games at the Chupak, which has the lowest batting average, versus New Zealand and Pakistan in their fourth and fifth games, respectively. Can they bat first at Chupak and squeeze with their spinners in those games, particularly uh, with a 64% toss bias at Chupak, which is, of course, we all know well from the IPL, IPL which is where Chennai uh, perform. So batting first is their best skill set. Impugn, best batting wicket in terms of batting average for the World Cup. They could really struggle where they play Sri Lanka when that batting strike rate goes against them. Paul Krishnamurti, here we go then. Genuine contenders at those odds. Are they are they wrong, those odds? As Hawkins said, they've got to win at least five games, potentially. It does look a mighty ask. It is an ask, and they're not obviously not serious contenders as it were I don't think that we should totally dismiss Afghanistan you know this level of cricket is a learning curve it took Sri Lanka and Bangladesh a long time to be able to make an impact to this level despite having some capabilities and I'd say that player for player then they're out there they're certainly the bowling I think they're a bit imbalanced Um, but you know look at the bowling Rashid Rashid Khan, Fazal Haq, Saruk, Faruqi, Naveen Al-Haq, Noor Ahmad, uh, Mujibur Rahman. These are all top-class bowlers. Nab, Nabi's a solid all-rounder. The issue is the batting, absolutely. Um, but we all like Ibrahim Zadran on this show. We've talked about him many times. He's a rising star. I don't think it's impossible that they get a few upsets. And because they could get a few upsets, who's to say that they couldn't end up in the mix fighting for the fourth qualified spot or something like that? Hey, Richard Mann, they lost all nine games in 2019, but did give some teams some uncomfortable moments. If we get down to brass tacks with this tournament, the pitches have to spin, don't they, for, for Afghanistan? Will they spin? Yeah, well, that, that's the thing I'm I'm concerned about, really. I think we're, we're all assuming that you go to a World Cup in India and it'll spin, but it'll be early season there. I mean, in theory, the pitches have had plenty of time to be prepared. I personally am expecting some flat pitches throughout India. I think the boundary size is going to be small and we're going to get some big runs. And I don't think that would suit Afghanistan personally with loads of spinners and, and just a batting lineup that, that can't really win an arm wrestle. But it is a very good attack. I actually think opposite head in terms of, I think they'd be better personally bowling first, trying to squeeze teams 
getting themselves hopefully to both sides out for say 2-22-30 and then Gerbaz and Zadron in particular who plays Yanka all so well they can set their stall out to try and bat as long as possible because I don't think there's a lot after them I think batting first when they have to go for it thinking we need 280-300 if that top two go there's not a lot left so I think they need their spinners to get in the game early and, and try and set it up for them Okay Hawkins who are the batters and bowlers to follow? Well, two of the most reliable players to get with in this tournament on an individual match-by-match match basis. Faruqi, the pace bowler, 33% return rate last two years, knocking Rashid Khan into a cocktail is 21% return. That means Rashid should be going off about fours. And he's, he'd probably be, he may even get 11 to 10 on Rashid, which is a, a dreadful price, of course. And then uh, one of the most reliable in the world, we've mentioned him already, it's Ab Ibrahim, 33% win rate for top Afghanistan bat and uh, may well be lining up top tournament bat because he's opening the batting for Afghanistan. And we know openers dominate in these 50-over World Cup. Uh, so he could be a massive price to follow on top tournament run scorer as well. Paul Krishnamurti, I'm going to give you a platform to wax lyrical on Faruqi. Well, Ed's already said 33% over the last two years. Um, he's extraordinarily reliable in one-day nationals and T20s and at franchise level. He's still only 22. He's on the up. Um, and to take an even more recent sample, 11 matches this year, four wins and two ties. Now, if we say he's going off at around 100 to 30, I don't think that's asking too much at all given Rashid Khan's presence. That's a, around about 100% profit on the year backing him every game. So can't complain with that. I would also add that Ibrahim Sadran, despite that 33% uh, return, he goes off much bigger than that. Goes off 7-2, to 4-1 to sometimes. Um, and finally, just say, looking, given that we're talking about a weak batting lineup, and there probably will be some fairly low totals for them, I'd keep an eye if there are any big prices on um, Asmatullah Omazai. Often comes in at 7 um, has top score once this year already, generally 25, 33s plus. Okay. Richard Mann, Ibrahim Zadran is a favourite of ours, but uh, any other business across the markets or in play? No, Zadran, massive favourite of mine. He's particularly good in these sort of 200 run cases because Yanka's in so well. I do think, though, if you play in that market, you have to have a saver on Rashid Khan. Um, if, if you can get a decent price on him, 33s upwards, he can bat. He's very inconsistent. But we saw in the IPL, didn't we, against Mumbai Indians, he he had an astonishing finish at um, at the Wankidi Stadium. He blasted the ball all over. And generally, throughout a tournament or a season, he has one or two innings where he just goes ballistic. And if there's some low... Uh, um, Afghanistan scores he could easily cop in one of the games okay um, Bangladesh yet to name their squad no respect for the Cobb schedule 140s to win it on the Betfair exchange 25s to make the final with Betfair Sportsbook 8 to make the semi what does the data say about them Hawkins uh, not huge not a, well I'll go with win percentage first it's 50%, 50%, 50% last two years batting first, batting second. Uh, bowling economy ranking at the moment is is number two, which is good. Their batting strike rate, however, is an issue. They're down at number eight. Uh, 2019, uh, they came eighth. They had three wins, including an early success over South Africa. Um, so they have that potential. Uh, possible 11 for you. Naeem Mehdi Hassan Maraz does. Shanto Shakib, Mushfikir, Hudoy, Nassim, 
who has all-rounder potential and has come to the fore recently. Taskin, Shoreful, and that will be Fizz or Hassan Mahmood uh, completing the lineup. They did beat India in Colombo um, in the Asia Cup, don't forget, just a couple of weeks ago with that depleted 11 against the depleted 11. They're likely to be without Eberdot Hossein for this World Cup, which is a blow. Lack of batting power. Latin, lack, lack of batting power is uh, a real problem, though. Uh, Van Kady and Australia at Pune with that batting strike rate uh, is a problem. They're going to have to win one of uh, the, that match and Rhodes at Pune versus India and South Africa. So they've got three matches at the Van Kelly and Poon, which are uh, really, really strong for batting. And they're going to have to at least win one of those to qualify. And they could even be vulnerable themselves versus Netherlands, perhaps at Eden Gardens. That's your shock chance stuff. Richard, man, I'm going to apologise in advance for this horrible pun, but do they go bang or do they blow up? They, they blow up. I, I'm really down on them. I, I think they're a poor side. I think they're an Asian side as well. Um, yeah, Eden Gardens versus Netherlands. I think that is a potential shock, you know. Um, T20 World Cup, Bangladesh beat Netherlands by nine runs. But the Netherlands were 15 for four chasing one four five. They should have won that, match. Look, I know this is 50 overs. It's a different format, but... I haven't seen a lot since to suggest Bangladesh are, are any better side now. I think Netherlands could give them a game. I think Bangladesh will really, really struggle. Paul Krishnamurti, do you agree with Richard Mann or do you, do you feel that this is a team who could break into the top four? No, wholeheartedly agree with Rich. Um, I'm really down on Bangladesh. I'm not surprised they've delayed naming their squad because they've been poor for a while and obviously they've got all the reserves playing against New Zealand and hoping someone will come good from that. Um, so far, that isn't the case. Um, as Rich said, they're a very ageing side, with the exception of um, Najmul Hossein Shanto, who doesn't seem to be much coming through, and even he's been injured the last few weeks. So nothing really could say about them. And what I would say is 14 to 1 about those, them finishing bottom. That looks a cracking bet to me, because I'd have them second favourites behind Netherlands, and I think it could very well happen. Hawkins, any good news for the Bangladeshis um, in the player markets? Well, not great news for punters, really, because Shakib's your top-rated batter on returns last two years, and that's 21.7%. So I don't think you're going to get Shakib at 4-1, to one. Um, maybe 7-2 to two, top bat, but uh, I don't think we're going to be playing that market. However, we will be playing top bowler, and it's Taskin, who's got a fantastic return rate at 45% last two years. Uh, so. He's going to be value, I suspect. Trades, strategies, any other business, please? Richard Mann and Paul. Yeah, I, I'm sort of jumping the gun on Paul here a little bit, but lower order collapses for these. I think they're absolutely right for it. Um, in the Asia Cup against uh, Sri Lanka, what were the 127 for four, all out 164? And then again against Sri Lanka, 155 for four, 236 all out. And there was an even worse one against Pakistan, 147 for four, turned into 193 all out. And, they, and, not, uh, and the, the running theme throughout that was it was Mushraf Akir and Shakib going well in a partnership. And then you saw that one of them went bang. There's nothing lower down. Um, struggled a little bit with the balance as well. Mahidi up and did he, didn't he? Um, so they're not sure about that, but I think lower order, it's right for being blown away. Okay. Uh, Paul? Well, um, 
as always, it's a case of hoping there are some mistakes in the top batsman market. Um, where will Mahidi Hassan Mraz bat? Sometimes he's at seven or eight, sometimes he's opener. I think he's always an interesting player for man in the match if you do fancy Bangladesh to put up a good performance because he's an all-rounder. Um, there are similarly names that are very different. Mahidi Hassan is always worth an interest for top batsman. He's often 33 plus. He's won before. I think he won a game in the T20 World Cup. Um, other than that, maybe of the, of the top batsmen, probably Mushfika is the most reliable, but I'm not really wild about any of them, to be honest. Okay, thank you very much, gents. That deals with Bangladesh for us. Three down, two to go. Sri Lanka are the next best. 46 on the Betfair Exchange to win it. 13 to 5 on the Betfair Sportsbook for the semis. 17 to 2 for the final. 22s to finish bottom. Hawkins. Uh, 2019, bit unlucky, six. They had three wins and that included a success over England. They had two washouts, so they were kind of uh, hampered by the weather. Uh, Sri Lanka win percentage rank in the last two years uh, makes them fourth best on that metric, uh, but we'll come back to who they've played. That's uh, it's 52% win rate. Uh, batting first, their win rate is 54%. Batting second, it's 50 Bowling economy rank is fifth. Batting strike rate is seventh. Uh, we think they're going to line up like there's no squad yet from uh, Sri Lanka, and we'll come to that as well for that for why that is. Nisanka, Karen Naratni opening the batting. Uh, Kusul Mendes, Samarakarima Rama, Asalanka, Dananjaya, Shanaka, who's in terrible form, Wellalage, Thikshana, Majushanka should be fit, and then Patharana, who's um, making his way in ODI cricket, has made a good start. No Hasaranga and no Chimera, we suspect, the spinner and pacer respectively. They're suffering from injuries. Hasaranga, massive loss, has done his hamstring. He's made it worse. Uh, it was a grade two ten. Now it's gone up to grade three. He's come back too early, and he's expected to miss the tournament. That's why they've delayed their uh, naming their squad. Uh, former bit of a concern rolled against India in Sri Lanka in that Asia Cup final. The winning streak before that against non-entities may have well blunted the competitive edge. Question mark. We'll see. Shock chance if they bat first. Um, they have a low chance against um, Bangalore where England and New Zealand take them on as a run-heavy ground expected so they could struggle. They've also got to go to the Van Kedi and play India on a flat one, so uh, I don't see a win coming in those three. Uh, could be vulnerable on potential tricky pitch at Lucknow. Only four games at ODIs at Lucknow versus Netherlands in the fourth game. Blank of the opposite. Reverse of what we're trying to find, Paul Krishnamurti. I mean, does twenty twos to finish bottom work for you? No, not at all. I, I think they're a better side than that. I, I think in subcontinent conditions, they're not complete no hopers. The only team that would really think they've got no chance or very little chance against is India, perhaps England. Um, and yes, that thrashing by India freaked me out a bit. At least because I was on them for the title, but. Um, you know, India also thrashed Pakistan and Sri Lanka beat Pakistan in that tournament. So I'm not reading too much into that. And that side, I mean, the top order is capable. The Shanaka lack of form is a big, big worry. But were he to find it, that's a decent middle order with Dan and Jay and Will Lodge. Okay. Richard Mann, um, Hasaranga absence overstated? 
No, not all. Huge loss. Uh, not just because it's Hasaranga, but I think risk spinner in India, particularly if we get a good picture, I think that the need for a world-class uh, risk spinner is magnified and they're not going to have theirs. Okay, batter and bowler data, Hawkins, please. But yeah, if Hasaranga does make it to the squad, he does play. He's returning 32% of the time, but it's not the top-ranked bowler on this market. It's Rajitha, who pips him by 1% at 33s. So I kind of hope Hasaranga plays and we get the bigger odds on Rajitha. Uh, top bat, Nisanka, 23% return is the best of any Sri Lankan in the last two years. It's not a big number really to write home about. Uh, it's not a market we're likely to be playing because we're not going to be getting uh, big enough on the Sanka with that uh, return rate. He's going to be going off way shorter than um, that uh, that win rate suggests. So uh, a market to swerve, or well, probably as I think maybe the guys will discuss, one to play big odds further down. How do you back this, Bukhashnati? You back Messi to Patharana, top bowler, in every game other than against the Netherlands. Um, he's got a solid record, two wins and a three-way tie in six matches at the Asia Cup. Brilliant in the IPL, definitely a bowler on the up, always bowls to death. Uh, against Netherlands, I would note that Mahish Thixana has an outstanding record against minor teams. I think he'll come back. Major havoc for Netherlands, but otherwise, do a Pathfinder. And on the top bowler, just a quick word for Junius Weller Large. That's a seven or eight, generally 33s or 40s, more than capable of winning one of these markets. Okay, Richard Mann. Yeah, I think the Sri Lankan middle order is fascinating. Um, Chris Silverwood, head coach, has basically packed this side with batting. So you've got uh, Shanaka coming in at seven, Dan and Jay at six, too low, really. Um, and against lower rank sides, the top order is doing the business and they're not really involved. Uh, Dan and Jay has been going off around 12, Shanaka 20s. I know he's out of form, but he's a class act. But against the good sides, the top order hasn't been doing the business. And we saw that at the Asia Cup. Dan and Jaya missed out against India in, in the earlier rounds. He got 41. Well, as you Paul mentioned, beating with 42 from number eight. Um, then even in the final, number nine nearly won it with 13. Um, Asalanka won it once at number five as well. He was six to one that day. So again, to really strong teams, you want to be with the middle order. When they play a lower side, just leave it because the top order with a slow and steady approach is fine. But up against the big guns, quality pace attacks that's when you take a chance, chance down the order thank you very much sri lanka are dusted and done as well moments away from our shock index reveal plus the best trade but now finally in this particular show it is new zealand under the microscope world cup runners up in 2019 runners up in 2015 two semi-finals before that back to back hawkins can they do it again Mm, right, we'll find out. Uh, bowling economy ranking is equal seventh. Batting strike rate, they are sixth. Their win percentage ranking is eighth, which they share with Afghanistan. 42% win rate last two years against the opposition they face in this World Cup. Uh, they're better batting first. That's a 50% win rate that it jumps to. Uh, they're dodgy in the chase, 36% win rate. Uh, let's look at their possible 11 for you. Conway and Young opening the batting. Does Williamson get back into this side uh, fit and firing in time for the business end of the tournament? If he does, he bats at three. Mitchell, Latham, Phillips, good middle order, really good players of spin there. Ravindra, you could probably say the same about Satna, Southie and Henry and Bolt completing the lineup. I don't think Ishodi 
gets into this team at the moment because I think Ravindra is going to be given a real good um, go in this team and could be a player to watch. Really liked what he did against England. At that win percentage, batting second means they're vulnerable at Chennai's ground, as mentioned, against Afghanistan and possibly Bangladesh as well, where they play uh, the same venue. Uh, playing India and Australia at Darren Salah is potentially good for them because we could see some bowler-friendly surfaces there. They've got to win six games. Can they do it? Very disappointed that the old Santner Sodi Southie access nexus is, is not looking like it's getting another go out. Um, easy question for you, Richard Mann. Are they a better team than in 2019? Oh, that's that's a really tough one. Uh, no, I don't think they're quite as strong. I think the middle order's improved. I mean, Phillips, fantastic player, too low at six, and Mitchell. But I think that top three, if we're going to get a high score in World Cup, it's too slow. They had Guptill, didn't they, in 2019? Um, he probably wasn't force of all then, but still, like to me, Conway Young and Williamson, they're, they're all anchors. Um, and you remember the bowling as well um, in that World Cup. Lockie Ferguson was a real X factor. He's in the squad, but he's he's had a disappointing 12 months. He probably won't make the first 11. So they look a little bit weaker to me. Are they wrong price, Paul Krishnamurti, pure and simple? No, I make it about right. I'd say there are at least four better sides in the competition. And I think that subcontinent conditions don't suit them anything like English conditions suited four years ago. I mean, of course, that says you never write off New Zealand in a major tournament. They're so reliable as that record shows up. So they could well make it. But I'd still go back to that record of subcontinent. Um, in the last year, they lost 3 0 away to India and they lost five out of eight to Pakistan. I'm not particularly excited about Kane Williams returning for this. I think he's in decline and hasn't been fit anyway. Okay. Uh, Richard, how do you feel about Williamson's fitness? It's just a massive concern and it's a concern with, within the team he's coming into. If he was slotting into a top three that was blasting it all over, then they could kind of carry him until he gets his form back. We know he's a class player in these conditions. It wasn't so long ago in the final in the UAE of the T20 World Cup. You know, he carried New Zealand to a competitive score. But this top three is really, really slow. And if Williamson comes and he's feeling his way back, he could come back to hurt them. So, so no, not for me. Hawkins. Uh, oh, sorry, Paul Krishnamurti. Uh, what sort of price would New Zealand be if they were in the last four, do you think? I think they'd be the yes, well, probably, because I think you could pretty much safely say that India and England would both be in there. Um, I think they'd be the outsiders. They'd probably be 7.0, 7 maybe 8.0, and that's why I wouldn't back them at 13. I think they could reach the top four. And maybe at that stage, they are a bit of value as the outsiders, but not at this stage for me. Uh, Hawkins, the tops, please. Oh, lots of business to do here. Young, 31%, is your top-ranked uh, batter last two years, but I won't stop there. Glenn Phillips is returning 21% of the time, and we well, we knew we were getting massive prices in that England ODI series. We're going to get 11-2, to we're going to get it 6-1. to one. So we're going to be playing uh, Phillips. He's going to probably give up the biggest edge. Just expect Young to be about 4-1, to one, I, I suspect. Uh, Kane Williamson uh, doesn't qualify in terms of uh, number of games played for our ranking system here. He's only played eight games in the last two years, but he was winning 25% of the time. We're expecting him to go off very short, 11 to 4, absolute best, I thought. Uh, and then to the to the bowling, um, Trent Bolt has only played eight games in the last two years, but 
hold on to your hats. He's won 87%. He's returned 87% of the time, which is absolutely bonkers sort of numbers. And then Matt Henry's returned 40% of the time last two years and does qualify because he's played uh, the games required. So I think you're going to be uh, well sorted for top New Zealand bats and bowlers bets throughout this tournament. Richard, is it as simple as just backing Bolt and maybe for top tournament bowler as well? Well, it sounds it, doesn't it? Um, I think if you think New Zealand are going to make the top five, you probably have to back Bolt and um, top tournament bowler because we get fixated, don't we, on death bowlers picking up cute wickets at the end and that's fine and, and Bolt will do that. But the ability to take wickets with a new ball, and I don't think there's anyone better actually at taking wickets with a new ball in white ball cricket than Trent Ball. Um, just a little, another bet I'm quite keen on here. Look, I have nothing against Will Young and Williamson. I just don't think you need three anchors in your top three nowadays in 50 over cricket. And I think the 15 over run race, which you can bet on, New Zealand probably will go off second favourites, but I reckon they'll lose most times. I think their first 15 over runs line will be very low. Paul Krishnamurti, finish us off. I'm all over Daryl Mitchell here for um, top batsman in each match. Um, top scored in four of the last 10 matches. Uh, he was outstanding on the tour of Pakistan, so likes these conditions. Also had a great T20 World Cup in um, the UAE, which probably these conditions won't be that dissimilar, probably quite good batting conditions. Um, so yeah, I think you, you normally get like nine or two, four and four, one, nine or two on him. So that should be a bit of value. Okay. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for your sterling work on helping us get the bottom five teams wrapped up. Now, though, please be on your guard for the big questions. We would like you both to identify at least one upset, please. Starting with you, Paul Krishnamurti, and then coming across to you, Richard Mann. I think that Afghanistan will beat at least one of the non-subcontinent sites, maybe South Africa, maybe New Zealand, uh, at a good price. And to reiterate what I said earlier, that Bangladesh is 14 to 1 to finish bottom is an absolutely amazing price. Richard Mann. Yeah, great pick, Paul, about Bangladesh finish bottom. I, I definitely agree with that. But no, I'm going to go with, I'm going to be back in Netherlands against Sri Lanka and against Bangladesh, particularly against Bangladesh. That'll be the one for me. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Then, of course, we move on to uh, the team to trade on that outright, providing there is one. Of course, Paul Krishnamurti. Well, uh, tonight, Afghanistan are available at 200 on the exchange. And we were talking earlier about a trade. If you bet them at 200 and then place an order to lay them at 50, that amounts to a three-to-one chance. Lovely stuff. Richard Mann. Yeah, I'm really cool on these, I have to say. I think you can maybe throw a few quid at the Netherlands 60-60s top four and hope to get your money out on the exchange, but I'm, I'm pretty little warm, I'm afraid. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. That is Cricket Only Better's Ultimate Betting Guide to the World Cup, part one, the underdogs done. Part two promises all the same data and analysis, plus more canine capery from Hawkins, the top tournament bat and bowler markets, and we name the winner. Do not miss it. Join us next week. And in the meantime, have a lovely, lovely few days.